You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 125. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. It's hella cold here, but I'm doing well. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. It's cold. It's not as cold as it is there. We were just talking before we hopped on, but it's a bit of a windy day here on Long Island. Mm, yeah, we got the winds going on here too. It's just like they follow ever. They just come right up from the south up here, or is okay. it the, the winds coming from there, from here down there to cool you guys down? Could I be. Don't know. I don't know how the weather works at all. My son asked me today, like, where does the wind come from? In French, of course. And I was like, I have no idea. The moon. It's the moon. The tides are coming in. I have no idea. So if there's a meteorologist out there, let me know how the wind works, because I, I could Google it. I just choose not to right now. See, I'm not ready to be a parent, because I'm not ready for that kind of a question. Like, where does weather come from? Oh, my God. I don't know. Yeah, or, or what is wind? Barometric pressure, I think. Like, that's just me throwing something out of left field. I'm throwing words at you at this point. It's verbal <laughs> diarrhea, buddy. And just Hopefully you can stay afloat. And all this diarrhea. It's awful. <laughs> what is wind? See, that's even worse. I don't even know how to answer that. It's just. Oh, I have no idea. Dude, I said barometric pressure. To this a is me like rereading or like verbal diarrhea, the like weather report in the morning. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> uh, unbelievable, Mitch. Gotta love it. Well, do you have an addition for us for 125, good sir? Yes. So 125, we take a player who's played at least 25 games for the, not at least, exactly 25 games for the New York Islanders. And I'm going with uh, a fellow Michel, Michel Bergeron. Okay. He played 25 games for the New York Islanders at some point. I won't reveal when. Uh, and then I will ask you, Matt, three questions later on in the show about your boy, Michel Bergeron. Okay. Sounds good. I'm excited for it. <laughs> Are you really? No, I have, I know nothing about <laughs> Michel Bergeron. Perfect. Let's get this show on the road. All right. So since the last time we talked, the New York Islanders played four games. And over that time, they have scored six goals. As you, as you might expect, their record isn't the best. Two and two, though, probably better than what you would have thought if I told you that they only scored six goals in four games. We'll start with the first matchup between the New Jersey Devils, a two to one loss. That was a tough one to take, Mitch. Yeah, because the Islanders were the better team. They just were. In a lot of these games, they were the better team and they lost half of them. Yeah, that's the that's the. God's honest truth, because they just couldn't get pucks into the back of the net. They were getting shots off, 
and they were playing relatively well. I mean, they played pretty good defensively in these games. It's just that they were unable to score. Which has been their problem all year, right? Like, And going into last year, they've had an issue scoring goals for two years now. So something at some point has to give, as in acquiring players. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. How do you do, Lou Lavarello? <laughs> I agree with you. We're, you're preaching to the choir here, buddy. But in that Devils game especially, it's because we know, we know New Jersey is a bottom feeder team. They aren't very good. They sold off their best player, and you still somehow lost this game Two to one on home ice, no less. Two, not not great. Yeah, because that was four home losses in a row at that point. So that's not looking great. Uh, just bad times all around for the New York Islanders versus the New Jersey Devils on the second day of 2020. Yeah, 20, 2020 was not off to the hottest of starts. Unfortunately, that continued on the road in Toronto as they would go on to lose three nothing. They would get shut out. Yeah, that was tough. <laughs> Again, they were they were the better team. I, I shouldn't say better, but they were. Uh, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to say it because the Islanders played a really strong game. They played to their strength, and the New York, uh, the New York Islanders, the Toronto Maple Leafs, two goals came on two very skilled plays. So, in, in what what happened there against the Leafs is that talent run at one out. You got a, a Austin Matthews tip a ridiculous deflection right in front of Arlamov that he had no chance on. And then a great piece of skill from Kasperi Kapanen to just kind of nutmeg Noah Dobson. Yeah, and obviously the Maple Leafs have the better roster on paper. I don't think we could really deny that. And that was kind of put on display, like you said, in that game. Yes, the Islanders created more chances and more scoring opportunities. But as Mitch said, the Leafs' talent kind of took over there. I don't think it wasn't a bad start from Varlamov at all. I thought he played a good game. It was just literally the Islanders could not score at all. Couldn't. You're 100% correct. It wasn't on Varley. It was on the offense that just couldn't get anything done. Had the offense got anything done, maybe we're not looking at a 3-0 game. We're probably looking at a 2-2 going into overtime game, really, at that point. Because the third goal is an empty netter. So... The offense just scored, right? At this point, we're looking at they scored one goal against the Devils. They didn't score in the third period against the Capitals at the end of the 2019 calendar year. So we're thinking that's now seven periods in a row where they score one goal. That's really rough. When you put it like that, that's really rough. And honestly, it didn't get much better against Colorado. They won the game one nothing, and it took them to the third period to score the goal now. I think you're right. Wasn't it the third period where Anders Lee scored the goal? I'm just bringing it up right now. Uh, God, we should remember that. It was six minutes, sorry, six minutes and 54 seconds into the third period. Anders Lee scores. So they go, so we said seven, nine periods with one goal. Oh, that's, that's three games essentially being shut out when you think about it. Rearrange three, it as you will. Three games with, yeah, three games with one goal. E, that's really bad. You can't make it up. It's very obvious what this team needs, and it is more scoring. They luckily would get it last night against the New Jersey Devils, where they would win 4-3 to three in overtime. That one was a little bit scary, because the Devils went up 3-2 to two in the third period, and I don't know about you, but for me specifically, I was starting to say, oh no, Like, are they going to really be able to find the goal here? Are they going to lose twice in the span of a week to the Devils? 
I like how you sum that up. Are they going to be able to find a goal here? Because I think that's the thought that crossed everyone's mind the second they went up when Kyle, Pal- Kyle Palmieri scores in the third period on the power play. And you're going, great, here we go. How the heck are they going to get another goal here just to tie it up and then find another one? Exactly. How are they going to do with? that? I don't know. And it wasn't necessarily like, oh, I thought they were going to melt down and just fall apart. It, it was, and I wasn't ready to turn the game off or anything like that. It's not like it was a blowout, but... I just didn't have confidence that this team was going to be able to find a goal. And somehow, Tom Kunakel's the one to score the game-tying goal. A blast from the point. Where did Tom Kunakel learn to shoot like that? I don't know. That's a great question. And why hasn't he done it before? Come on, Tommy. <laughs> if you're going to throw bombs from the point, at least let us know you can do it. Yeah, I thought initially, like you said on the post game. by the way, if you're interested, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles for postgame content. But Mitch said that he thought Derek Broussard got a stick on it and deflected it in, but it actually went off a devil's stick. So, I mean, he looked like a legitimate defenseman, though, on that blue line, firing a shot off. He didn't look very big, so I was concerned who he was, going like, well, he doesn't look like Mayfield. It's not Dobson. It's not Boychuk. Who the heck is that guy? And then I saw the 14. I went, oh, my God, that's Tom Kunakel scoring a slap shot from the point. Uh, Just great. And Yeah, it gets a deflection, but... You still have to get it on net, which hasn't necessarily been the Islanders' problem over the last little couple of games here, no. where I believe they're out shooting their opposition. I'm just going to pull it up now. We didn't necessarily talk about this in the post game. Again, if you're looking and you're interested in exclusive Islanders post game content, head over to Patreon.com/slash Eyes on Isles to get a post game podcast, 25 minutes to 30 minutes after every New York Islanders game, and we will sing sweet nothings into your ears about the New York Islanders 82 times a year minimum. Plus playoffs. Playoffs. And in the summer. We don't stop in the in the summer. No. Summer shows coming at you, too. Great That's stuff. right. So over the last four games, only the Devils outshot them uh, the first time. But it was by a margin of 31 to 30. Yeah, the Islanders have been putting up close to 30 shots a game. Minimum, right? 30, 33, 33, 41 over the last four. Yep. This is unlike the Islanders that we're used to. Right, they're shooting on average, I think it was 27.8, I'm going to say, over maybe 28.7 or something. I maybe inverted one of the two, but it's between 27 and 29 shots, a four per game, and they're shooting well above that. Not not like a ton, but they still got 41 the other night, so this is not a New York Islanders that we're used to. No, absolutely not, but I think that's uh, something we'll take as they definitely need some more offense, but... Like Mitch said, we just like to give you a little context for what happened each week. If you want more details on the game, that's where you get it on the Patreon page. We break each one down individually, but like to give you a little bit of context. Something that has come up, and honestly, I think the biggest storyline of the entire week, Adam Pellick's injury. The Islanders lost their top-pairing defenseman, Adam Pellick, for the season, and now Noah Dobson is going to have a much bigger role. Well, yeah, 100%, right? Like, you lose your number two guy, really, or number one guy in some nights. Someone else has to step up. Yeah, and it's going to be Noah Dobson's job. But let's start with Pellick first. Just overall thoughts. I know, obviously, we feel bad for him that he got hurt. But just well, how do you think this impacts the Islanders for the rest of the year? First off, what a glow up for Adam Pellick over the last couple of years. And I'm using that term properly. I learned that from you. Thank you very much. Uh, right, like when he got protected for, from the expansion draft, we're all going, who the hell is protecting Adam Pellick in an expansion draft? Come on, Garth Snow. And then like not even two years later, we're like, we can't live with Adam Pellick. Oh, my God, the ceiling is caving in. Yeah, even when I wrote the article the other day, I was saying, if you told me 14 months ago, not even th- that long ago, 
last year when the season started that Adam Pellick, like the Islanders would be in trouble if they lost Adam Pellick for the season, I would have been very confused. Yeah, but that's the thing. That's the reliance of the system. Maybe not the reliance or the strength of the system is that it not it turns guys into all-star defensemen, is that it works to their strengths. And they found what the strength was for Adam Pellick. It was, you're going to be the stable defensive defenseman, but just be responsible, just do your job, do the simple things right, and you will have a big role to play. And that's exactly what he did. And he took it upon himself, and he did it. Uh, and now that he's gone, we put Nick Letty there. Yay! Well, to be fair, I think that Nick Letty's done a pretty good job so far filling in for Pellick. Right, but it's just it's not the same type of defenseman whatsoever. Oh, yeah. No, 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 it's not. The Letty Pulak pair is definitely more offensive minded than when it's Letty Boychuk and Pellick and Pulak. But uh, yeah, it, it's crazy to me that we're having this conversation because Pellick for the longest time was just your prototypical, pretty solid third pairing guy. Now he's with Pulak, obviously this team's top pair. And like you said, on most nights relied upon in the biggest defensive situations. And on the best defensive team in the NHL over the last two years, right? Them and the Dallas Stars are kind of lockstep with one or the other. But they're they're the one, two on the best defensive team in the league. Two years in a row now. That's remarkable. Uh, and now he's gone. Eesh. And, and to, with that effect, like the impact that he has not only is on, on who slots up and, and how, how you rejig essentially the defensive line, but it, it really changes the strategy for the, 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 the team. Like, look at the shots that they're getting on net now. They've, they've gone for a little bit more offense because they don't have that defensive stability anymore, at least for 20 minutes plus a night. So they have to put a guy like Nick Letty out there and say, like, well, Letty, you're not great defensively. You're fine. You're not great. But that means we have to push the puck forward and exit the zone a lot quicker than we used to. We can't let other teams dawdle around along the perimeter forever. Right. It's just a little bit different style. And I think it's going to, it took the Islanders a couple of games to get into it. But I think, like I said, they're playing much better defensively now. They seem to have that figured out. Um, for me, on the Dobson side of things, obviously this weakens the Islanders' defense. I like Dobson's potential, but with him only playing. 10 minutes a night most to 12 minutes a night on most nights it's it puts the Islanders in a tough situation because now guys like Johnny Boychuk more often than not are getting pushed from that 17 minute range up to about 20 minutes and you have guys like Pulak who usually is playing like 21 minutes or so up to that 24 25 minute range and that could potentially one lead to injuries for the extra amount of ice time and two guys just get tired out. Yeah, and they're playing on back-to-backs last night, and you can see a little bit of tired legs, uh, especially on the blue line. Because, mm-hmm. uh, again, like you mentioned, you've got guys not – it's not a, an equal share, right? Like you don't have the – like you would say for the four lines, four lines rolling. You don't have three pairs rolling all the time. you got six guys rolling and a guy jumping in every now and again. That's not great. Like Dobson played 14 minutes, 11 seconds last night, and that's the most he's played since December 14th. Yeah, and yeah, that's scary when you think that you see a 14 minutes next to Noah Dobson's name and you said, ooh, he got some ice time tonight. That's mm-hmm. not what you want from a defenseman. That's not a lot, right? I and mean, you, you mentioned Boychuk, and I think that's the salient point there is that if you play Johnny Boychuk at 35 going on 36 in a couple of days here, maybe not two weeks, on the 19th, 10 days, um, on a 36-year-old when he's playing 24 minutes a night, right, he played... Oh, you only played 14 minutes against the Devils. So, you know what? Forget that. It's fine. They're figuring it out. Yeah, and he did play a lot less. They 
they uh, kind of even them out a little bit. But in, in games gone by, he's played a lot closer to 20 minutes where you'd like him in the higher teens. He played 20-23 against the Colorado Avalanche just the night before. So right. I think the 14 minutes was a result of the fact that he had played the night previously. So at, at least the Islanders are being conscientious with Johnny yeah. Boychuk's usage, which is important to do. But that means you now have two guys playing 14 minutes, sub-15, right? When usually you have guys playing... At least in the third pair, 18 to, to 20, somewhere around there, right? Yeah, usually, for the Islanders anyway, usually in that range because they have three pairs that you could trust in pretty decent situations where now they seem apprehensive to give Noah, Noah Dobson that ice time because, like you've brought up on episodes gone by, I just don't think they want to live with the rookie mistakes. Which is exactly what happened in Toronto, right? Like that, That's how they, they sunk them. The, the one mistake, right? He gets nutmegged by Kapanen, and that's it. Although, to be fair, the, the, there is some blame to be placed on Devin Tays for some reason chasing Kapanen instead of covering Engvall. That's fine. You can argue that, but it still starts with the no adopts and nutmeg. Uh, without that, there's no pass to be made to, uh, to Engvall. And to be fair, you, could kind of re, uh, you can kind of live with some of the mistakes or lapses in judgment from younger players on the blue line if you have like a halfway decent offense, but with a bottom tier offense in the league, you have to be perfect every night defensively. You're 100% correct. You have to be on all the time. You can't be giving up big mistakes like that, specifically mistakes that turn into goals. You know, it's fine if you make a mistake and that you're able to recover or the team's able to recover or your goalie's able to cover it up, but you, you, you make a mistake like that that ends up in the back of the net, that's bad. That's really bad. Um, He's going to make them, though. That's that's the thing, that they have to live with that. They have to understand that that's something that's coming. When he's going to be playing 14-plus minutes a night, he's going to be making at least one mistake. The thing is that he gets those mistakes done now. He won't have them later, or they will come fewer, you know, fewer far between, those mistakes. Yeah, that's probably, excuse me, that's probably a pretty good point there uh, when it comes to... Uh, Dobson and his growth is you'd rather get that out of the way now. Yes, the mistakes are still going to come. He's a young player. He just turned 20 yesterday or the day before. I believe so, yeah, the day before. Yeah, so he's extremely young in his NHL career, and that's going to happen. It's just a matter of if the offense is going to be able to bail him out because that's what it comes down to. Like you brought up the game against Toronto where he made that mistake, and the Islanders still, like you said, played a pretty good game. They only allowed two goals. The third one was an empty net goal. If you only are allowing two goals defensively, you should be able to win that game. You should, except for the fact that, like we've said a million times, and, and everyone listening has said to themselves at least a million times, is they don't have anyone to score outside of Barzal and, and Nelson. And maybe Lee recently. They don't have anyone to score. Like, Jordan Eberle just put up his first goal in half a century. Like, <laughs> they need him to be scoring at least more than one every 50 years. Absolutely. Anything else on uh, no either Noah Dobson or Adam Pellick before we move this thing along? Uh, well, one more thing is just sure. now that they've used up their number seven guy, do you think that they go hunting for another number seven? I know they brought up Sebastian Ajo. But he's not playing, and he could obviously use a time, specifically if they want to put him in the shop window. Do you think they go shopping for like a Lucas Pisa type, just a guy to have on, on, on the roster when the rosters expand at the trade deadline? I, I don't realize that was a really long question. Yeah, th- no, it was, but th- it was a fair question for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think he trades for a depth defenseman. Okay, I think he might. 
I think he might bring in some like old guy who's on his last leg, you know, last hurrah. Let's see if you can bring something in. He maybe had a cup somewhere at some point in like the 1970s or whatever. He's not going to be that old, obviously, but I'm, I'm making jokes. But someone who might have a ring or leadership or playoff experience or, or something stupid like that. I, I could see them bring it in for like a, like a fifth rounder or, or whatever. I don't even know if they have the fifth rounder left. What's it Licky up to? <laughs> I don't know. Call him in. <laughs> Recording podcasts or something, I think. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. But, yeah, I, I get the logic behind it. I just he's hasn't made a trade yet. And I think if he is going to make one. It's going to be for the offense. I sure as hell hope so, but um, we'll see. We'll see if Stan Pat shows up again. (laughs) I certainly hope not. Mitch, when we come back, what we're going to do is get into the Islanders slide in December and January and get into worried or not worried. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. I am Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, the Islanders, it's no secret they've been on a bit of a slide since getting off to a hot start, helped by that 17-game point streak. They've been a little bit shaky in the month of December. So far in January, they are 2-2 two and two at the 500 mark. I ask to you, worried or not worried? Not worried. Okay. Should I be? Like, why should I be worried? Well, it depends on what your definition of worried is. Well, worried that they're going to become like the bottom tier team like Ian what what's his face from that dumb gambling site the shark bet whatever it is who cares they suck um the guy that that the big troll out in Toronto be like they're gonna be bottom of the league because they don't win the Corsi battles lols ha I assume those are noises he makes when he talks himself about Corsi I I certainly think so uh okay that's what I mean by should I be worried and that's how I take interpret the question. If I'd be worried, I'd be thinking that they'd be a bottom tier team. I, I really don't see them regressing that poor that that much. I don't. I really don't think so. Okay, I had a different interpretation of the question. I would answer oh. yes. I'm worried because I don't think that they are going to be able to sustain their hot start. And you're going to say, "Well, of course, Matt. They're not going to put up a point in 17 great <laughs> straight games." I I understand. My point is. Offensively, they were putting up good numbers at that time. Now, you have six goals in the last four games. Or was it eight? What did I say? Six or eight? Let, let's just deal with this. They are ranked 26th in terms of goals for in all situations and 26th in goals for at five on five. Go. Okay. Thank you. So, I'm worried because I don't think this team is going to be able to go very far in the playoffs as currently constructed. Okay, and, so you okay, sorry, go ahead. Keep no, going. I was going to say what I mean by that is I think you okay, maybe you can get win around, but I don't I would be very shocked to see the Islanders in the Eastern Conference final, which would be winning two rounds, something they weren't able to do last year. I think if you're looking for that or if your goal is to get to a conference final or to the cup or win the cup, then I would be worried because this team's not going to be able to do that. Yeah, I don't think anyone has them as a lock for the Stanley Cup whatsoever. Uh, Even I don't. I I really don't. When I put money down on my futures for the Stanley Cup the other day, I went with the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've won like a million games in a row. Maybe not a million. It's it's eight. I think they've won eight in a row now. Uh, And they're a plus 1,200 to win the Cup. I went... 
please give me a couple of bucks on that and triple my money. 100%. 100%. So what does that 75 cent bet turn into? It was $3. Thank you very much. And it was $36. Three times. It wasn't three times. It was 12 times. So $36 if, if they win the cup. It's $3 bet, all right? I went... I went hard. That was, that was I sweated that one when I put the three in. It was a hard bet for me to make. All right, I'm I just like chirping you. Don't worry. <laughs> we all know how cheap I am, um, but you're right. Okay, if if the worry is, are you worried they can win a Stanley Cup as currently constructed? Yes, I, I'm right there with you because of course they don't have enough scoring. Again, we just said it. 26th overall in terms of goals for in all situations and five on five. That's not good enough. And that that's what killed them against Carolina last year. They couldn't score. Right. And I just think that over a longer period of time, like the playoffs is, it's not going to be there. Islanders offense isn't going to be able to continue to win enough games in a seven-game series to go far deep into the playoffs. Now, with that being said, do you think the third line has turned a corner? I Michael Dalcola to- has points in back-to-back games, Matt. I know. Gustav Cole has unblocked me and Ben in my DMs about it. <laughs> has he really? No. <laughs> he oh, man. Uh, he's on pace for Hart Trophy. We already know that. That's fine. Um, but, you know, Tom Kunockle is throwing bombs from the point and has, what, four goals in his last five games or something like that? Maybe not four. I think it's three. I need to, to answer your question, I need to see a little bit more. Yes, they've played better over the last two, maybe three games. But I need to see a little bit more. Come back to me in two weeks. I would say it's since Minnesota. So we're looking at, what, there's four games this year so far? That, that's six games, right? Because Minnesota's before last game of the 2019 uh, calendar. So that's six games where the, the, the third line is putting up points. I, I, I'm with you that I, I need to see a, a more sustained effort. But I'm liking what I'm seeing from wingers Tom Kunakul and Michael Dalcole. No, I definitely am. And I'm also, a, when I say... Concerned, I know it's our next topic, and we're going to go a little bit more in depth into it in that one. But the Islanders' top six concerns me. Yeah, you're 100 percent correct because there are very few people scoring on that top six. Um, but the point here, being worried, uh, is valid. I like we said right from the top. Are we worried that they could that they are? Are we worried they might not win a Stanley Cup? Yes. We were both worried that they probably can't win a Stanley Cup as currently constructed. So let me do another heat check on you here. Worried, not worried that Lou Lamarillo will address that concern? Oh, very worried. Very worried. Because he has only made one trade. It was for Matt Martin. And I love Matt Martin. I think he's a great guy. And he serves a role. The thing is, he's Matt Martin. He is a fourth line player. That's the only trade he's done. And with... Especially another thing that worries me is the Metropolitan Division being so tight. Mm. That rubs me the wrong way because right now the Islanders are sitting in second place. Yes, they have two games in hand against Washington, who has 65 points, though they are pretty far ahead. But Pittsburgh also has 57. Carolina's right there at 52. Philly's there at 50. Columbus is at 50. And then you have the two bottom feeders, the Rangers and the Devils after that. But there's six teams relatively... Tightly packed. And again, Columbus at 50 points. Columbus. Who the hell is on Columbus? Yunus Corpusalo's now gone. And then, uh, what's his, Merzlikens? Merlin comes in and starts waving magic and turns into a, a starting goalie for some reason. 
Who's out in Columbus? Cam Atkinson's injured. Josh Anderson's on a trade block. Who is putting in goals and winning games for this team? Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski alone? That's <laughs> wild. But you're right. Like They're not supposed to be any good. They were supposed to be the worst team in the division. And they're how many points? Seven points behind the Islanders? Uh, yes, seven. Seven points behind the Islanders. That's wild that they're still potentially in it. And we're like a month and a half away from the trade deadline when, you know, the the buyers and sellers should be at least pretty well established. We have no idea when it comes to the Metropolitan Division because they're still in play. No, six of the eight teams are still in the mix. So uh, would I be worried because of that and combined with the fact that Lou Lemerle might not make a trade? Yeah, I don't think he doesn't make a trade because he doesn't want to make a trade. I think he doesn't make a trade because he can't. So I, I'm worried because the market isn't very, um, what's the word I want to say, like diverse or va- filled with value. Like, who's out there? Like, like j- just look at the athletics um, big board. They're calling it their trade deadline big board. Mm-hmm. You know who's number one on that big board? Yes, Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider. Like, he's fine. He's a good player. He's a, a ranger who's he's never coming here. But like that's that's the cream of the crop right now, Chris Kreider. Oof. Yeah, you have him, Tyler Toffoli. That yeah, number two, right? <laughs> like, JG already. Pajos right there. Yeah, number five. Like, and if they don't even know if JG Pajot will go. They, the uh, the Senators might sign him, according to what's written on the Athletic. So, the market isn't really ripe full of top end talent, which is what the Islanders are going to be looking for. So, am I worried that he won't bring someone in? Yes, but I'm worried he won't bring someone in because there isn't someone to bring in. Okay. Uh, I, I, I guess that's the thing with when it comes to Lou Lamarillo. He, over the past year plus that he's been the general manager, he has shown interest in acquiring big names, Panarin and uh, Stone at the deadline last year, but he doesn't seem willing to give up the prospects that it would take in a trade. Yeah, at a certain point, that's got to give. Like, I understand you don't want to give up Dobson. Cool. We can see why. Great. Uh, you still have other players you can trade. You still do. I-, I can understand people not wanting to trade Kiefer Bellows, but you know, if it brings in a top-tier talent, all right, maybe. Obviously, we'd have to see who that is, but I'm not trading Kiefer Bellows for Chris Kreider. That's for damn sure. No, probably not. But then you still have Bodie Wild. I know we're high on him, but that's still a player that you can trade. Uh, who else is out there, right? Like Arnaud Zondo, although that he's in the ECHL now, so I don't, I don't think he's got crazy value. He's uh, still got their their OHL Co- guys like Blake Jenkins is having a good time. Cole Kossi's uh, having a good time. Koivula, Koivula, that's right. Like there, there are guys that he could trade. It's just is he willing to trade them? I would hope so because there's no one really there aside from like Wallstrom who you have to keep, right? Who's like a, a surefire lock. And, and like Holmstrom, we have no idea what he is. So like you don't move him because you don't know what you're going to get. I'd move him. Mm, all right, fine. I, I wouldn't yet because I'm not really sure what he is aside from injury prone. That's why I'd move him. <laughs> Fair enough. So, but that that's the thing. So it, it gets back to, are we worried? Are we not? Yes, we're worried for different reasons. Um... Man, I really hope he gets someone. But I, I realize we've now gone into talking about trade deadline stuff when we're talking about a heat check on the December-January slide. Uh, so I'm going to bring it back to you. Worried, not worried that this happens again. 
So like a, a slide in like February or March. Oh, um, not to this extent. I think that they start to chug along and it evens out a little bit. Okay, that's fair. I am a little worried simply okay. because we talked about it before. If they end up with the same the same crew, and then we've talked about it with the Adam Pellick thing, if they're trying you know a different strategy here and there, like they might lose focus at it at some point, and someone might try to be a little smart, uh, and then it might unsettle things for a couple of games, and we might catch ourselves in a slide in February, uh, which at this point probably only costs seeding in terms of home or away, but that's still kind of important. No, definitely. And like we said, Metro is extremely close right now. So uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. Shall we move this along to the top six and the yes. players in it? Yes, so please. I think what we wanted to do was go through each guy in the top six a little bit, talk a little bit about them quickly. And if they're struggling, what we expect from them, can they turn around, stuff like that. So the top two guys are obviously Barzell and Nelson. I don't think we could ask too much more of them. Barzell has 35 points in 42 games, and Nelson's right there with 31 in 42. I think those are your two where you're saying, okay, this is two out of six that we're confident in right now, right? Right. Sorry, I, I'm focusing on, on my, my tweet deck right now because there's a tweet that I want to bring up about Matthew Barzell specifically that came across uh, my two peepers earlier today Ooh, that okay. really caught me like, wait, what? Are, are we... Are we kidding? Oh, God, where is it? I think the person deleted it. Oh, they must have deleted it because I can't find it anymore. It was essentially along the lines of, like, Barzal doesn't want to be here anymore. He hasn't done anything to show he's committed. He hasn't looked good over the last couple of games, so he clearly wants out, which is preposterous. That's, uh, that's, that's a real nonsense. That's a bad take. Um, even Barzal and I understand that they haven't been playing all that great offensively in the last one, two, three, four, five games. He has two points. Yeah, it's not great, but he's not the only one not really putting up points. And that happens, right? Like even guys like Patrick Kane go through lulls. They go through spells where they don't put up points. It's not to the extent of Patrick Kane, obviously, because Kane puts up like nearly 100 points uh, almost every year, if not more, uh, whereas Barzell is not on that pace. So it, it, it looks a little bit more obvious. Uh, but he still has, like you said, 35 in 42. He's leading the team. He's He has 16 goals. His career high is 22, is it not? It is. He's yes. two off from his goal totals from last year, and he still has another full half of the season to go. I think he'll score more than two goals over the next half of the season. Yeah, I certainly think so. I think he pushes 25-30 this year. I 100% agree with you. So, no, I don't think there's more that we can ask from Barzal. It's, at this point, it's what can we do for Barzal? Right. Um, the other guy we mentioned is Brock Nelson. He hasn't picked up a point in each of the last three games, but before that had a three-game point streak. Um, so he's a little bit on the colder side the last couple of games, but for the bigger sample size, he's been arguably the eye on their second best forward. Oh, he's been the, the second best forward for a calendar year plus, right? Like 2019, he was two points behind Matthew Barzell in terms of gener- how many points they generated. Barzell at 60 and him at uh, 58. Yes. So uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily be worried with, with Nelson. Again, he, not, maybe not again, but I've said it before. Like he's on pace for 61 points this year. 61 this is a guy who could only ever put up 45 points max like two years ago, and now he's a 60-point two-way center. He's a whole new player. 
Yeah. And we're like, we don't, we need more from you, Brock Nelson. He's probably going like, what else could I give you? I've given you everything and you want more? Yeah, no, he's been really solid for this team over the last couple of years. You can't ask for anything more. He's doing his job. He is. It's like three, he's got three games without a point. He used to go three months without points. It's a little yeah. bit of an exaggeration, but like December, was it December, January, February, you barely heard of him. Yeah, no, that's very true. So you, we got to be satisfied from what he's given the Islanders. Next up is Anders Lee Mitch. He has goals in back-to-back games, thank God, because he went five in a row without a goal, and he had just one point over that five-game span. It was not good for Anders Lee. Like, again, we had the milk cartons out. I recalled them on the Patreon podcast the other day. So they're, they're coming back. Uh, they're being pulled off the shelves. Uh, we found Anders Lee, at least for the time being. And you're right. Over the last five games before he started scoring, he had one point. Uh, and even then, over the last one, two, three, so it's like, what, like eight games? I think eight or nine games, he had two goals. Eesh, not good. That's not a good return. He's at, what is it, 12, 13 for the year? 13. 13 for the year. He's on pace for 25, I think, when I did the math the other day. Yeah, it's got to that, get that, up. That's fine, but that's got to get up for, for Anders Lee. He put up 24 in a, or 28 last year, and that was a down year. He's got to get that up. Those are rookie numbers. Yeah, we'd like to get that 30-plus, I think, for Anders Lee. Absolutely. And, and it's possible to do. There's still a second half of the season, and there, there's such a thing as players turning it on in the second half. John Tavares was one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. He'd always be better in the second half than the first half. Uh, so who says Anders Lee can't? And specifically if they start figuring out that power play. Uh, but up till now, he's left a lot to be desired in terms of production. Like he had a really good game against the Devils where he was engaged physically. He was on the score sheet, obviously. He scored that overtime game winner. Uh, but before that, he was, he'd gone through games and just you barely noticed him. Like the Toronto game specifically, I had no idea he was out there. Yeah, that's very true, and that's not good enough from your captain who's supposed to be a 30-goal scorer. That's right. In Anthony Beauvillier's last 10 games, do you know how many points he has? I'm going to say two. One. Whoa. It's been a very, very cold streak for Anthony Beauvillier. We sung his praises at the beginning of the year. He was playing really good hockey. Over this past stretch, though, it's been really rough. Has not scored a goal since December 14th and has picked up two assists, uh, two assists since then. What game was that on December 14th? Was that like Buffalo. The, the Buffalo 3-2 win? Like It just seems like everything since that day has been awful. Like What happened against Buffalo? Did Jack Eichel curse us or something like that? Maybe. It's just every time that we talk, we're like, oh, Everly hasn't scored since... December 14th. This hasn't happened since checks notes December 14th. Like, it just keeps coming back to that damn game. Um, But, yeah, Bo has just not been great score sheet-wise. But then again, he's been playing with Matthew Barzell, which I know sounds like should be a great thing, and it is. But he seems like he's taking time to adjust to that role and Barzell adjust to him. Like, there's that one play. Was it against Toronto where they're in the offensive zone and they both... They both collide at the blue line because they don't seem to understand where they're supposed to be. Uh, yeah, they, they did both collide in that game. That was weird. It just seems like a weird communication timing issue that usually, you know, line mates have figured out at this point of the season. But that's the thing is that they're not typical line mates. They, they just started playing together again for the first time in a while. So they're getting reacquainted with themselves. Uh, I, I just hope it sticks and, and they see it through because I, I think... 
in a couple of games, we're going to see this come to full fruition and it's going to be marvelous. I certainly hope so. Next on the list is Josh Bailey, and he's someone else who has been struggling. Mitch has not picked up a point in six straight games. One, two, three, four, five, six straight, and has not scored since December 14th. Close, December 9th. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, I was going to say, that's a lot of people for a three-goal the three goal win. Um, yeah, uh, can we call Bailey a top-six player? It's not that I don't think he is. It's that it's, it doesn't seem like he's playing top-six minutes. I guess. Right, I like guess he's, not. for the last little while, he's been on the third line anchoring that black hole. Um, so I know he was for the start, and he was playing with Matthew Barzell for a little while, uh, but... Since then, not so much. No, I think he, they put him back up there because I think Broussard's down on the third line now. Oh, God. Which which really gets back to the trade deadline. Like, our third line center role is not... It needs to be figured out because we don't really have a third line center. No, definitely not. Um, especially with how Broussard was playing, even though he has been a little bit better recently. But nonetheless, those are... Uh, I am missing one more. The last guy yes. is uh, Jordan Everly, who's been... Uh, well, missing in action for essentially every game he's played this year, except for two. Um, he picked up a goal in the New York Islanders just the other night. Yeah, against, the, against Devils. the Devils. Yeah, just yesterday. He, he um, had the second goal, was it not? Yes, he did. And before that, it was since it was December a while. Fourteenth, but it was that is one, two, three, four, ten five, games or six, something. Seven, eight, nine, ten games without a goal. Correct. <sighs> Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's 10 games without a goal for Jordan Eberle. And even then, he now has four goals on the season. That puts him on pace for, I think, the numbers work out to seven or, or nine. I think it's nine in 42 games. Or, sorry, nine in 72 games because he missed 10 games this season. That's not nearly enough for a $5 million player. Or, sorry, $5.5 million player yeah, for the next not. five years. Four after this, sorry. It really isn't. It's it's scary. His production's been really bad. Yeah, he scored less than 20, I think, three times in his career. One was last year. One was a lockout year where he scored, I think it's 16. But even then, it was 16 over 48 games. So that puts him on pace for like 30-something points or goals. So not really a 16-goal score. And his rookie year where he had 18. He's going to get nine at this pace. It's not enough. It isn't. I understand that he struggled last year. He's got to be better than this. I know he can be a streaky player, but he's got to be 20 to 25 goals for this team. Has to. Like, what happened between now and when he put up, what is it, 25 with the Islanders that first year? His first year, yeah. Uh, System change? That's really the only thing I could say. That's really it. Can he just not play in a defensive system and score offense? Come on, Gary, figure it out. (laughs) Come on, Gary. Other Gary did. Yeah, right? Gary figured it out. You, Gary, figured it out. The old original Gary never figured it out, but that's another thing. Who's the original guy? Lad, okay. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. There, welcome it back. Took a second. <laughs> uh, uh, so like, he needs to do something to figure it out. I don't know what it is. Barry Trotz needs to take him aside at the All-Star game or during the All-Star break. They both need to go on a retreat in a cabin somewhere and just hash this out and figure out how they can turn him into a 25-goal scorer consistently. Because the talent is there, the execution just isn't. And I don't know why. No, I'm not, I'm not too sure either, but... That's it. That's the top six. And as we just highlighted, 
A lot of cold streaks. You're not going to win many games like that. So the, la- the last question we have here before we go on to our, our sure. fun stuff, although this is all fun, um, what can be done about the top six? Like, what, what do we do? Well, there's only so many combinations that you can put together. I, I don't think that's really the issue. It, it's so you're getting... saying Ross Johnson is, sorry, I'm interrupting you because I think this is a very valuable point. Ross Johnson is to, to the top is what you're saying, right? That's what you're saying is Ross Johnson top line, right? I'll, I'll, I'll wait and listen. Mm-hmm. Yep, Ross. I would really prefer Ross Johnson on the left and Tom Kunako <laughs> on the right of Matt Barzell. That's really what I'm looking for here, Mitch. <laughs> hey, he's got four in his last. I'm going to look it up. How many in his last? How many does Kuhner have? That's a bad name. Uh, as two in his last five. I thought it was more than that. Rare okay. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say was I think you need to add a body in here. Yes. I 100% agree you need to add a body. Who? We'll see. That's Lou's job. That's true. Well, we can feed him names. If we just keep feeding him names, you know, subconsciously. Someone get him so, like, his sleep tapes get into his ear at night. Pajot. Pajot. I like Pajot, but that's a third Tifoli. line. That's a third line center role. Tafoli. Tafoli. Is he a top six player? Like, is that the top six player we're looking to get? Hoffman. Okay. Hoffman. All right. You're heating up there. You're heating up. I want better. I want better than that. But all right. I would settle for Hoffman. <laughs> there we go. I couldn't think of anybody else off the top of my head. I was just whispering <laughs> names. It's turned into an ASMR podcast. Who would have known? Who would have known? Who would have thunk it? Uh, all right, Mitch. I'm ready. Let's get into the quiz. Let's do this. So like we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, for episode 25 of the Eyes on Isles podcast, we're dedicating it to New York Islanders legend, Michel Bergeron, uh, who Matt knows very well, intimate friends, really close. So I'm going to ask you three questions about your boy. First one, what position did he play? Defense. Incorrect. He shot from the right. He was a right winger. Okay. Question number two. How many points did he get? With so again, he Island. played 25 games for the Islanders. How many points did he get? Six. Incorrect. He got 15. Oh, that's pretty good. So he played 25 games in 77-78 for the Islanders, scored nine goals, six assists for 15 points, and a plus 16. Good job by him. Last question. Right. We traded Michel Bergeron to the Washington Capitals in 1978. What did we get in return? See, a lot harder there. I'm right, just kind of lulling you into false sense of security before I wallop you with a hard one. What did we get for in return for training Michel Bergeron to the Washington Capitals in 1978? A draft pick? Oh, yeah, okay, well, great. But what, what draft pick? Give me a round at least. Come on now. Third round. Incorrect. But good job by you for getting a draft pick at least. It was the second round, so you're close. All right. So obviously you don't know who they picked with that with that pick, right? No. It was Tommy Johnson. Thomas Johnson. Okay. Two-time Stanley Cup winner with the New York Islanders defenseman Tommy Johnson. Or Thomas Johnson. Interesting. Okay. I wouldn't have known that, Mitch. Nor did I until I looked it up. There we go. Good job on the quiz, bud. Thank you very much. All right. When we come back, we're getting into the social segment and what's trending on Isles Twitter. 
Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. We're going to get into the social stuff now. Mitch, what do you got? Okay, uh, I got a few things, but of course, because I'm lazy, I just save um, the link instead of the actual type. Oh, okay. I'm going to save that one to the end because it's self-aggrandizing. Uh, <laughs> we're going to bring out one of my own tweets. Okay. Uh, so first one here is from uh, NY Isles. Or, uh, God, NYI fan Barzell13, uh, who says, My son knows all the NHL teams. I'm sure you've seen this by now. Mm-hmm. But he makes his favorite and least favorite known. So if you haven't seen this, this is Justin's kid. Uh, Justin is at NYI fan Barzell13 altogether. Uh, his son is recounting the names of all the NHL teams on a calendar or a sticker book. And then he gets to, Justin asks him, like, what's your favorite team? He says, the Islanders. And he says, what's your not favorite team? And he goes, he looks up and he gives a really gross look and he says, the stinky Rangers. <laughs> love That's it. Parent- parenting done right. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done that to my kids yet, but it's it's gonna happen. This stink guy the kid gives, oh my god, it's precious. <laughs> Gotta love that. Uh, I'm gonna give us a, a shout out in the my first edition for the social segment. So we got a gif of it. But if you noticed, when Anders Lee scored against Colorado, his mouthpiece came out of his mouth. Derek Broussard, right? Yes. Derek Broussard catches it and then reaches back and in slow motion, MSG got this, puts it back into Anders Lee's mouth, who then, Anders Lee, opens his mouth and bites down on the mouth guard in order to put it back in his mouth. It was a very intimate moment from those two gentlemen on the Islanders, Mitch. I, you can freeze it before Anders Lee knows what Broussard is doing and, and Broussard going up to put the mouthpiece in his mouth. And you're, you're kind of, league isn't a, what you doing, son? But like really kind of like locks eyes and their, their faces are close and you're like, oh, it's hot in here. Is it just me? <laughs> who, who put the mercury up? It gets, it gets real hot real quick before he puts a gross mouth guard back in his mouth. Yeah, but uh, I think we just had to talk about that one because that was just a funny moment between uh, a couple Islanders there. That's fair. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I, ha- I have two more. All right, hit me. First one, uh, Team Canada owes royalties to the New York Islanders because they used the Josh Bailey song in celebration of their uh, their gold medal. Uh, what's up, gold medal winners? How do you do? Uh, I just wanted to drop that first off because I'm Canadian and it yeah. feels real good. Congrats. But they also owe us monies for playing the Josh Bailey song. Yeah, of course, that's... they don't sing the Josh Bailey lyrics because they, they know. They know if they did that, they'd owe us monies, at least one gold medal. They'd have to give us one gold medal. Um, but because they, they sang the original lyrics, uh, they don't owe us any monies. Cheaters. <laughs> uh, it, it's a good song. I understand why they did it. it, it it's a good song. I it's a good song, but, you know, still, cheaters. It's ours. It is ours. It's the Islanders. You can't use it. This is cultural appropriation right here by the Canadians. I don't think that's what that means. It's not. <laughs> uh, what was your other one, Mitch? Last one is from me, and I just tweeted this like an hour ago. Uh, in the Maple Leafs uh, Winnipeg Jets game, John Tavares has the puck along the boards right at the blue line on the power play and does a no-look pass across the ice for no reason whatsoever. Gets intercepted. He somehow reclaims it and then gets his pocket picked and Mason Appleton, that's a made-up name, goes and scores a shorthanded goal in the Leafs and everyone lulled. 
I, because it happened against John Tavares. It was amazing. He looked so dumb. He smashed his stick on, on the net. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I'm hearing the like, oh my God, can we just leave Tavares alone thing? It's just, I got nothing better to do sitting here. I put money on, on the Winnipeg Jets. Maybe that's why I'm doing it. Probably. You had a rooting interest. I did. They're plus 120 in this game, and I'm hoping they're still winning. That's a good sign, Mitch. Good sign. Um, my last one is not really one specific tweet. It, it's more just a conversation that we're going to have. Okay. Your thoughts on the 2020 All-Star Game jerseys. Oh, God, thank you. They're disgusting. They're so gross. Uh, no, it, it is awful. So they're either white or black, depending on the team, obviously. And they have stripes well, going no, home and away. Home and away. There you go. Yeah. Uh, going through. And it looks bad. Someone posted, I forget who it was, but they posted a side by side of My Chemical Romance in like their black jumpsuit things with the stripes across it next to the black jersey. <laughs> and it was actually kind of spot on. <laughs> oh, I didn't think of that. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Well, so they're gross. Uh, I don't mind the Islanders one, the, the monochromatic, I guess you call it, because it's just white and blue. The yeah. logo itself looks pretty good. I wish there was orange, but they replaced the orange with white. It looks pretty good. Uh, but the jersey behind it, just not good at all whatsoever. The combination of the two, I, I get the, the five lines for the, I, I don't know the word in English, but la, la gamme musicale. So like the the music bars, whatever you call that. When you write like musical notes, there's the five lines. What do you call that? Stanza? There you go. That. Thank Maybe? you. Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. A stanza might be in a poem. I don't know. No, you're, you're right. That, that I believe that's what it is. Uh-huh. Uh, anyways, I, I know it in French. Um, they have that, so that that's kind of cool. And but like I don't, I don't get it. Like it, it just doesn't look right. Keep keep the lines, the five lines for the music, like the music game or stanza. Uh, but like, why do we need to do the monochrome thing? I, I don't I don't get that. I don't either. And um, I have a hot take, but I, I I'm not so sure how you're gonna react to it. I think you should. If they should do it like the MLB All Star Game. Where the team they wear the jersey of their team. That would be tough. That would be tough. Although you have whites and, and darks, That's right? What so I, mean. I guess yeah. you just say, okay, you guys are wearing the colors and you guys are wearing white. Fair enough. Whoever loses the coin toss. Yeah, okay. I, I'm fine with that. Uh, it, it gets confusing, but then again, like they're not playing competitively, so who cares? No, like, yeah, if it creates more turnovers, cool. We have something to talk about. They, they're not playing hard, so who cares? Right, it's three on three anyway. It's not like it's... It's true. It's right. you got six guys on the ice. This doesn't really matter. You know right. where you're shooting. So if it's the Islanders, Rangers, and an uh, Islander, Ranger, and a Capital out there on the ice, you know you're passing to either another blue guy or a red guy. And if you're playing against... I don't but know. But then if you're playing against the Maple Leaf, two, uh, a Maple Leaf, um, who, uh, a Tampa Bay Lightning, or a Detroit Red Wing... Whew. Although but, Detroit lulls. But they're in white. Right. Okay. True. You're right. So then, yeah, I, that's, I'm fine with that. I just saw a tweet now where someone said, bring back the old all-star jerseys. So they're black and have the, um, the stars across the sleeve and like white sleeves and a little bit of gray. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking like 1985 or something like with that. With like the all-star orange jerseys. logo, right? Yes. Like, yeah, the, like the, yeah, the old black and orange shield. I like that. Yeah, why not? We're all going like 90s and, and throwback. Why not throw it back to that far? That's not a bad option either. I'm 
I don't know. I think I like everyone's uniform, so I might as well just uh, go out in there in your regular yeah, stuff. Why, why not sell more of what you're already selling instead of this one-time jersey, although it's collector's item, so... Or, well, or put a put a patch on it. Gotta make the money! Put Do a regular jersey with a patch. Say, you know, make an all-star 2020 patch and put that yeah, on. Yeah, I don't know. But I guess that's not enough money. I, I got nothing for you. <laughs> Let me run the league. Do it. That's what we came down to. <laughs> Perfect. Gary Batman, get out. Matt O'Leary stepping up. I'm in there, baby. <laughs> Anything else for episode 125, Mitch? No, that's all I've got. All right. So wherever you're listening to this show, please make sure to give us a subscription. Wherever you're listening to, a review would be nice. Like a, a magazine so. subscription? No, no, no. Like uh, subscribe so you know when our podcasts are released. Ah. So you get it right on your phone. You say, hey. I went to the podcast app on my phone, and, and look, there's an Eyes on Isles podcast today. If you're not subscribed, then you're just guessing. That's uh, true. So make, make sure Don't guess anymore. Review, comment, all that fun stuff. You could also, if you're interested in post-game content, a mailbag show, a newsletter, and over the summer, deep dives on various topics, subscribe to Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you all that. Patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can visit our website, the Eyes on Isles, not the Eyes on Isles, eyesonisles.com. What I was going to say next was, if you don't want to go to the website, which is eyesonisles.com, you could download the app, the Eyes on Isles app, thank you, for iPhone or Android, whichever one you have and or prefer. And on social media, we are at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. Mitch, episode number 125 in the books. It was a fun one, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Setting up 126. Boom, boom, boom. And I think Toronto lost. Ha! Yes. Gotta love it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.